0: Hunters Guide to the Borderlands, the best Borderlands podcast on the Echo Net. I'm Drew. I'm various things you call Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thanks for joining us today for episode number six, where today we're going to be talking about Iridium and Slag. But first, just a quick reminder to let you know that you can always get in contact with us via Twitter at Vault Hunters Pod or through our email at uh, Guide at gmail.com.
1: Awesome. So yeah, um, we're going to go ahead and uh, get into things here. I'm super excited to talk about our topic, um, but uh, first of all, let's uh, do what we always do. Uh, Drew, how was your last two weeks in the uh, in the Borderlands?
0: So the past two weeks in the Borderlands for me have been pretty exciting. Um, I've played through the Commander Lilith DLC a couple more times, and then um, I also decided that since, you know, I'm one of the co hosts on a Borderlands podcast, I should probably get some more FaceTime with some characters that I don't play as much. So I uh, started up a new Krieg and a new Gauge both. I actually started two Gauges because uh, my daughter and I decided to do a co op run on. Horrorlands two and she picked Maya and I was like, Well I'll just play as a gauge. I've never never haven't really played much gauge, so uh sure decided to get into that and I was like, Wow, this is really, really interesting. I think I need more time with this character so I built a solo playthrough as well. And then um the same thing with the uh Krieg playthrough. Like I just like, you know, I just really need to get more familiar with Krieg as a character and as a and as a as a class, you know, as a psycho class uh so I started playing through that too and uh it's going really well. Having a lot of fun with each and man anarchy. O P A F. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I bet I bet it's been a ton of fun doing that with uh with your daughter uh just because, you know, she's you know, she's slagging everything or using her ability and stuff like that and then you just like blast it with, you know, a, with a ton of stacks of anarchy.
0: Yep, yep, that's basically it. So it's going really well. It's a lot of fun and uh yeah, it's been good. How about you? What have you been up to? You know,
1: mainly, um, cause I've done, uh, I've done the commander a little DLC a lot. I mean, that's probably what's, you know, I'm probably going to be doing stuff based around that for a while. Uh, I did, um, yeah, I I had a pretty busy couple of weeks. I, I redid my bathroom and a couple other things, so I was pretty busy. But I did find time to go ahead and uh, finish leveling up my uh, finish leveling up my uh, max level zero. So he's all the way up to eighty now, so I'm happy about that. And honestly, I'm super excited to go ahead and start the grind again, looking for all level eighty gear. You know, I know it's sounds <clears> weird yeah. weird to some people, but uh, you know, I'm sure the people listening to this podcast, you know, are gonna do that. Like I said, I haven't had as much time uh recently but that's okay um but i also did start uh with my uh krieg playthrough on there as well so because uh he was level 72 as well so i'm gonna go ahead and get him boosted up there and all i've really been doing is just um you know once i once i get done with the dlc i've been fighting i've been fighting uranus and uh Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, as you do like you do. And it just works really well just because you get a ton of experience from them. And anytime I do find something that I use as far as a legendary or a pearlescent or whatever, I just go ahead and replace it. You know, if it's the right level and stuff like that. So I end up finding like a nearly perfect, um, uh, double penetrating unkempt herald. unfortunately it was at like level 79. It wasn't all the way to 80. Oh
0: man. <laughs> yeah. But it was like,
1: it was like perfect. So you know, it close. was, yeah, it was double penetrating. It had like really good parts on it. And then it also had the, uh, I forget which part it, does, which part it is, but it was the one where it actually has the faster bullet speed too, which for that was awesome. It was super oh, good. Yeah. Yep. So, but yeah, so it worked out well. And I, I did the entire thing with a, with a zero with bore and a bee and a Sandhawk. Like, and, like, the Sandhawk, like, was still level 72, and it was probably doing about, like, a third as much damage as, like, you know, like a level 81 would have done. But, yeah, uh, yeah, but, I mean, it, it still made it work, so just ended up working out pretty well. Anyway.
0: It's, in- it's incredible, like, how much of a difference, you know, just a few just a few levels makes when you're end game. It's just yeah. nuts.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like I was looking at stuff that I had at 72 and I would get it at like 75 or 76. And like on some of the grenades, it was like literally double the damage. Like, right, like, right. like, like, I think that was one of the things like I went from, cause I had a level 72 fastball. I ended up finding like a level 79 or 70, 80. I can't remember which. And it was, and it went from like 9 million to 19 million damage. <laughs> like, <laughs>
0: I can't, I, it's just, it's like a, like a. I I forget what the name of the curve is, but you know, like a, like if you plot a curve on a graph and it just like gradually goes up and then whoop, it's just a crazy uptick, you know, where yeah. it just spikes. Yeah, so. I,
1: do, I do hope that they, I do hope it's more regulated in BL3. I hope it's more, because I don't care how big the numbers are, you know, I just want them to be a little bit easier to read and stuff like that. And at a certain point, like damage is damage. Like if you're sitting there and you're like, all right, great this does this does nineteen million damage like you have no scale for that you know
0: <laughs> right exactly it would be kind of nice to like just have it more simple you know yeah. I mean the big numbers was cool for a long time, but now it's like okay, can I it'd be great to be able to actually tell the difference you know just yeah. a quick glance and being like, wait how many digits is that you
1: know? yeah, yeah, exactly you know like it's like it's like when you're watching a uh when you're watching a um a game show and it's like oh that question was worth you know fifteen thousand points and it's like great how much like okay you know? yeah <laughs> like, right
0: right yeah you know, what dollars <laughs> yeah
1: yeah oh that's that's uh 43 cents it's like what's the conversion rate here I'm, <laughs> right I don't, so anyway uh so yeah no it's been good i'm excited to you know keep diving into that and do a few more things so it'll be good times uh but we have uh some news um drew you you kind of found out this this first piece of news which I found really interesting um so can you go ahead and give us just a quick little thing about
0: it yeah so this was a uh, an article with uh uh the the website metro um they did an interview with let me uh pull up his name make sure I got this right here my Apologies.
1: No, don't worry about it. You're good. You're good. Uh,
0: Scott Kester. Uh, he is the uh, he's the art director on Borderlands three, and was also uh, was also on the crew with uh, Borderlands and Borderlands two. Okay. Um, so the the main takeaway from the article is that. So first of all there's there's a couple of interesting things in there but one thing that I think a lot of people will find interesting is that he says that um working on uh Battleborn uh like Gearbox did, you know, Gearbox made Battleborn in between Borderlands 2 and Borderlands 3 yep. and he claims that making Battleborn m- has made Borderlands 3 a better game. Um it's uh and the and the his reason behind it is because they did they did Borderlands one saw it was a huge success went right into making Borderlands two, mm-hmm. which they had a ton of fun with and everything, but then, they just they kind of needed a break you know they just needed to to take a break from working on Borderlands and and change gears and do something different ah uh, because they're
1: uh, a gearbox so they need to change gears
0: ah uh, I get it <laughs> so, um. It was just, the, he says that it was really, really important for them to do, um, so that way they wouldn't really, like, so that way they wouldn't get burnt out, you know, on, sure. uh, on the Border mm-hmm. Romance series, so it's just really, uh, let's see, let me take it, let me read his quote here real quick. Yeah. Um Says, uh, I've worked on this game for over four years now. It's been in development for a while. The second I finished Battleborn, I essentially started getting into this. To us, it wasn't about hammer it out, hammer it out, let's punch it out, let's punch it out. It was like let's make the right thing. Let's get it. Let's get it there, and then we'll talk. And then we'll take our time. Um, and uh, and then he goes on to say, and so this is the second interesting point about his. Article, his uh, interview with them says, but also we've put mu- so much junk into this game. It's <laughs> freaking huge. It's considerably more content than we've put into anything else. Jeez. Um, yeah. So let's see. I think he goes on to say in this article that it's like 30 something. I don't remember if it was here or somewhere else, but, um, it's been quoted as saying that they're like, it's like 35 hours worth of, of, of uh gameplay and stuff it's just or like storyline or something like that it's Mm -hmm. it's just a ton of stuff
1: Hmm.
0: so which is really exciting it
1: is really exciting yeah no i i'll be honest i never played battleborn just because the the type of game it was was not really my thing i'm not into you know competitive um MOBA-esque hero shootery type kind of things. It's just not. It's right. just not my thing, but um, I can I can see where there was a lot of uh, design elements and things like that that could have come through just based off of uh, some of the gameplay that I had seen in the past and some of the trailers and things like that. So um, so yeah, I think if that's what they needed to do was to stretch their wings a little bit and and uh, get that good, then um, you know, good deal that worked out for them. So
0: yeah, um, and I can't wait to see how. Uh... To see, I mean, doing stuff like that always kind of gives you, helps recharge the batteries and helps you get a new perspective on what you're doing and stuff and kind of, oh, yeah. re- you know, like, like, I just can't imagine being on that Borderlands 1 and 2 grind for so long, you know, and then, and then trying to do a third one right yeah. afterwards, like, you'd well, just be, you'd be burned out, you know?
1: Well, and the amount of content that came out with Borderlands 2, I mean, you know, we're... You know, it's like seventy years later, and we just came out with the last piece of content for it. Right. You know? Right. But I mean, they did. They just came out with content consistently for it, and it's like, all right, well, we'll do DLCs and everything like that. And it's like, so they did like a year's worth of DLCs or whatever, and that's like, all right, now we'll do some other smaller things as we go through. It's like, man, you know, like just constant support for it. That was awesome. And then they had, they had the the million dollar loot hunt for the community event, which I which I you know I know that's kind of become a community internal thing, but I hope that gearbox ends up doing more stuff like that themselves in the future. Cause I think that'd be great. Um, yeah. but yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's definitely interesting. Um, so moving right along, we also have something kind of interesting here. So Randy Pitchford, uh, on June 29th, uh, put out a tweet, uh, and it said the following, uh, we're coming in for a landing on borderlands three. Nice. Uh, And there are always a bunch of last-minute decisions. You can help us with this one. Watch slash listen to the logo vids in this thread and then vote for your favorite. So he posted three videos that go along with this. um, And it was different splash screens, actually, for Gearbox. Um, So the video was the same on all of them. uh, But there was different... there was different sound bites that go along with it. As far as that goes, one of them was kind of like a safe, just kind of like noise, kind of a stab, kind of a thing, which was, you know, kind of vaguely reminiscent of the th- one that they've been going with for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was another one that, uh, had, they said, it had it was like a rock and roll chord with a voice kind of thing is how it was described.
0: Yeah. It was uh, like, da yeah. you know, and then yeah. this like, British voice going, this female British voice going like, gearbox, you know, or something yeah. like that. And it's like, eh.
1: Yeah. So, and then the last one, which Drew and I have kind of decided is kind of our favorite, is, um, so, they called so, it Psycho Kid. They called it Psycho Kid. You know, that's what he said in the tweet about them. And he said, last is hard to describe. We'll just call it Psycho Kid. And um, it's just like a bunch of like noises and stuff. And then just like a really, like, I mean, like a really young kid probably like sounds like they're like four or five.
0: Yeah, something you know, like
1: that. Yeah, you know, just kind of go like geobox, you know, or something like, like it's just, yeah. you know, they're trying to sound, sound kind of funny about it. So um, anyway, so, the, so vote,
0: the voting on that has ended.
1: Yeah, voting like on ended. that. has a yeah. while ago. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> voting on that ended a while ago. 47% of people out of 10,185 votes said they liked the Psycho Kid one. Uh, 29% said they liked the safe bet, which again is reminiscent of their older stuff. And then um, 24% uh, liked the rock cord. So it was kind of starting out with a lot of people going for the safe bet. But then I think as it gained traction, Psycho Kid kind of overtook it a little bit. So...
0: Yeah, um, I agree. Which which is cool. You know, like I said, that's the one that I prefer the most. So
1: mm-hmm. Yep. So so yeah. No, uh, it seemed to uh yeah. Seems to uh seem to have worked out pretty well. So I mean who um, knows
0: who knows if it'll actually make it, you know, like it could just yeah. be Randy being Randy and, and other people on the production team are like, Yeah, we can't do that, you know? Yeah because of reasons.
1: Yeah, uh, so I mean, yeah, ten thousand people is still a an extremely small sample size. Yeah. for for someone like that. So, but you never know. Um, So, yeah, we'll see. uh, We'll see what happens with that. But it was kind of a fun thing. Um, Other couple of things. So uh, just a very, very quick thing here. So Guardian Con was over this last uh, was over this last weekend. Um, uh, For those of you that don't know, a Guardian Con was uh, started Uh, as it originally started out five years ago as just a get together for a bunch of people in the destiny community. And it's since kind of grown into a looter shooter kind of a thing Um, next year it will actually be more involved in that because they destiny will still always be the heart of it, but uh, they're getting into more just like a cooperative game uh, kind of thing. So um, the uh, following years will be called the gaming community expo. So it's kind of a fun thing, and but the heart of it has always been kind of looter shooters, and so Gearbox was actually there this year. So, uh, Guardian Con, or uh, yeah, so at Guardian Con, Gearbox was there. Borderlands Three was playable. Ton of people said they had a, a really good time with it. I don't think it was anything different than what we've seen already. Um, so, but you know, super excited about that. One of the awesome things though, is that overall the looter shooter community raised about $4 million for St. Jude children's hospital. So, um, congratulations to everyone. That's awesome. I'm still hoping to get out there with, uh, with my wife someday. Uh, that's something that we've been, that we want to do at some point, but, but yeah, no, I think it's awesome. And, and thanks to, uh, thanks to Gearbox for helping, uh, to perpetuate that and help make that a thing.
0: So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh how much do you think uh Anthem Anthem players community uh like contributed to that? Shh,
1: shh. Don't <laughs> you, don't, don't, just don't. You know what there's Well, I don't know why I'm shushing you. There's like the crossover is not going to be that big. There's like four people that play Anthem anymore.
0: Yeah. I yeah, I really.
1: we and here's the thing guys. We really wanted to like Anthem. <laughs> we really did.
0: True story. True story. So, we we absolutely did. But, so, uh but we don't talk about the game anymore so no
1: so if they update it maybe we'll maybe we'll check it out again so you know um but you know that's just yeah that' be Yeah, would be a
0: good like future episode like how borderlands compares to other other looter shooters you know oh absolutely so.
1: absolutely so yeah um so going off that we also got a fun little uh trailer from uh from gearbox on well i i say trailer it was more like a a mini vid doc kind of a thing, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of what it seems like to me, is like it's gonna be like a little like a mini video mini series, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh that Borderlands is putting out on their YouTube page. Uh this first one was um it, it appears to be Claptrap and one of my favorite returning characters, Heyo Steve, uh doing a documentary series a la David Attenborough, (laughs) but with Claptrap. (laughs) Yep. So, and uh, exploring the creatures and flora and fauna of Pandora. So that'll be really, just a really fun little series. Not really, not really news, but just something cool that you might want to check out. It's on the Borderlands page. And hopefully they just keep on dropping uh, new videos in that series for a while. Cause the first one really, really pretty good, man. Claptrap gets yeeted so friggin' hard. <laughs> <laughs> right at the end,
1: it's so good. Yeah, yeah so. you just, i mean, you it's just... not
0: spoiling anything. It's not—it's not canon or anything. I'm sure it's just a two-minute video of of Clappy and Heyo Steve. So
1: yeah, if 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 you don't have an interest in watching kind of a, like a little spoof documentary about it, I still recommend it because uh, there are some new things that we find out from there, as far as like some new creatures and things like that. But just even take a look at it. Yeah, for example,
0: there's there's Jeff's and uh, Jeff's. <laughs> and...
1: So at the beginning, you might have heard me say I'm various things called Jeff because that is a reference to that video. So if you want to know what it's about, go check it out. But uh, but yeah, no, like um, if if for no other reason, I recommend people check it out because it looks like, it looks like they're using in-game footage for parts of it as opposed to uh, like pre-rendered stuff. Uh it, look, it it looks like a mix between gameplay and pre-rendered stuff. Um but the the awesome thing about it is uh the gameplay footage I've seen, the models for the creatures look amazing. They look yeah. so good. Yeah, they true look, story. Like I've never I've never it seems like they're finally getting to the point to where they can put as much detail as they want to these things and it's like, "All right, here's the thing. This is how we've always imagined a skag actually looked." You yeah. know, things like yeah. that. So, and it just looks amazing when you see the detail in it and everything like that. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's like anything else, you know, when you, when you're a kid or whatever you think of, it's like, you know, S is for snake and you just see like this cartoon drawing of a snake. And then you actually see what a snake looks like with like the scale patterns and the colors. And you're like, Oh snap. Like that's yeah. <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty cool. You know? <laughs> so.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah. Comparing anyway. it to like OG borderlands, like borderlands one stuff, especially oh, before, before the, uh the updated, you know, texture packs and, and, uh, and, and the re-release. 4K. Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. Like, it's just, it's, it looks amazing. So I'm really, it just, everything that they do now. Oh yeah. Quick sidebar. Everything that, uh, that Gearbox and Borderlands does, like just increases my hype, including their tweet from a few days ago that simply said Borderlands. Yeah, I see that? <laughs> I,
1: I did. And it got just like a ton of likes.
0: Yeah, I nah, mean... That was amazing. It just, Even stuff like that, I'm like, yeah, Borderlands! Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> like, just yeah. gets me more and more pumped. And, also, uh... Sorry, also- today, as of uh, today's recording, we are two months and one week away. Oh, sorry, two months and six days away, actually. So, two months <laughs> and less than a week. So...
1: That's so good.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm so
1: excited. Like you have no idea. So I mean, pumped. Yeah, absolutely. So one other real quick thing that I wanted to touch on, just in that same thing, in that little thing the video they put out, uh, was a uh, there was a billboard that was very clearly. It didn't say it was, but it was very clearly Penn and Teller on this billboard.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: For those of you that don't know, Randy Pitchford's a huge fan of magic, like not not Magic: The Gathering. But like, you know, actual like performance magic, you know, and stuff like that. And uh they they recently released a game, like a VR game with Penn and Teller. And um uh so yeah, they have a, a close working relationship and so you know, there was just like a billboard and I was like, Oh, it's it's Penn and Teller. <laughs> you know, yeah. like so it's a very borderlands version of Penn and Teller, but still.
0: Oh, that's so. that's for sure. Yeah. So
1: but yeah, no, I think it's I think it's gonna be, you know, wicked exciting and I think watching more of those videos leading up to it'll be really fun. So
0: yeah. By the way, they're named Pain and Terror.
1: Pain and Terror on the billboard. Yeah, I,
0: just, yeah I, I paused it on there. This is a this is Pain and Terror. Nice. All right. Perfect.
1: Yeah. I wonder so if they I, I wonder if that's gonna be. I wonder if that's gonna be like a boss fight in the game. You that know, would be like... sick. I would love that.
0: <laughs>
1: so, uh, like, you gotta
0: fight these two things at once. That'd be sweet. Mm-hmm. Anyways. All right.
1: So, uh, uh, jump into our topic then.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're ready to get into our main topic for the day. Uh, like we said at the top of the episode, that is Iridium and Slag. So yeah. uh, I guess I'll go ahead and take this first part here. Uh, a quick history. Uh, iridium, not not to be confused with real world's Iridium, spelled with an I, uh, compared to uh, Borderlands version spelled with an E at the beginning. Uh, it's a very... Uh, which uh, Iridium is a very hard natural metal substance used in high-temperature measurement devices. Is the majority of the reason why the story in Borderlands 2 even exists. Uh, as we know from Marcus's recap of Borderlands 1, at the beginning of Borderlands 2, uh, Iridium changed Pandora forever and helped put Hyperion and Handsome Jack in power. Um, if you are, have followed Borderlands on YouTube, they mentioned in the... Uh, the story so far series on Borderlands two, they mentioned that that's how Hyperion just got to where they are by, by mining Iridium,
1: just Mm -hmm.
0: all the Iridium.
1: Yep. And Iridium wasn't even a thing until the first vault was opened, uh, which was led to by, um, so Angel led the first vault hunters uh, to uh, in the first game to the vault, and she did it under the direction of uh, her dad, Handsome Jack. So, yep, game, game's like seven years old. I'm not, I'm not even calling spoilers on this. If you haven't played it by this point, no, it's like ten that, years old
0: now. Oh, you're just talking yeah. about Borderlands Two? Yeah, because oh, we
1: didn't I thought you were we talking about
0: Borderlands One. And I was like, no, that game's ten years old, dude.
1: Yeah, yeah, because we didn't know that Handsome Jack was controlling Angel until Borderlands Two. So, yeah, yeah right, like, right, right. E- either way, like you know. You missed your chance,
0: like <laughs> <laughs> right. So no more spoiler um, warnings for you.
1: Yeah, really, no more spoiler warnings for you. So, um, but yeah, you know, so uh, you know, so we're gonna go through a history of that and everything like that, and we're gonna start with uh, we're gonna start with iridium. So um, iridium does have uh, a fair amount of different uses. One of the biggest ones being uh, uh, one of the biggest canonical uses of it being and that's how we actually even have. Uh, e tech uh, experimental weaponry is because of mixing uh, iridium with different weapons and everything like that, and that's how you get the uh, plasma casters and and the um, you know, yeah the and spikers and, and the yeah, and, and the railers, blasters and all those yeah, Yep. yeah all that kind of good stuff. So that is that is the main the main thing for it um, as far as a canonical use.
0: Um, Additionally, because Hyperion basically had a monopoly on on iridium uh they were the first ones to manufacture e-tech weapons and then licensed it out to all of the other manufacturers so they mm-hmm. got a slice of of that pie as well yeah. so <clears throat> if, if you have a if you have a, a malawan plasma caster right hyperion still gets a piece of that pie you know right from selling that weapon
1: yeah so that's that's part of the reason why I mean, canonically, that's part of the reason why Hyperion was the perfect fit to be the bad guy between, between the satellite for angel being uh, a Hyperion one at the end of BL one. And then all the stuff that came from it here, you know, there's, there's, you know, that's, that's the whole reason why Hyperion is like it is. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, getting into some real world uses of it, we have the black market, which, um, you know, Earl's black market. So, which uh, now that we've, played uh, now that we've played the Commander Lilith DLC I still have no idea why why Earl was collecting Iridium like at all
0: no idea not a clue nope. I mean it's just <laughs> like it's I mean there's no as far as I'm aware there's no reason behind it like in the story or anything like that it's just yeah. he's he, he, is it just supposed to be like the equivalent of like some old guy who's just got Hundreds of gold bars, because you know, in case the economy collapses, he's just he's got this thing, and in the meantime, he's just cash poor and has a bank account of like nothing.
1: Yeah, I guess. I mean that. Yeah, makes sense. You know, I mean that makes as much sense as anything I can think of. I don't know. (laughs) Right. Right. So, um, yeah, we'll hold off on on some of the spoilers and stuff like that for that because that is new content, so we'll let you guys enjoy that. But, um, but yeah. So, um, one thing we do want to have just a short little conversation on it is one of the other things is that Iridium is actually used to access raid bosses. So, typically, before a raid boss, you will actually... Um, you will actually pay Iridium to get into the arena with the raid boss. And usually, I mean, it's different for each one, and stuff like that, but typically, you know, it's at least some grouping of four, you know, so it's like four, eight, or 12, or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah, and the raid, you know, obviously we're talking about the raid bosses like terramorphus and Pyropeat and those ones.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah. So, so here's the thing. So taking out the fact that, um, so we know that Slag is not going to be in, borderlands three that we're sure of right so we're so we don't know if iridium is going to be yet i'm not sure if that's a thing
0: Um, yeah that's that's true we don't know if it's a thing um we do know just from the original gameplay event back in may i believe Mm -hmm. that iridium will not be used as currency to do your uh, backpack upgrades and weapon SDU upgrades and stuff like they yep. did in Borderlands 2. Um, also, it's not it's not even Earl that's selling them to you. It's Marcus. You know who knows what happens to Earl. We'll we'll have to play Borderlands yeah. 3 to find out. Yeah. But so it looks like I mean if I remember right, we're just going back to normal dollars. You know normal currency. Yep. To purchase those upgrades. Yep. Which which kind of begs the question. Was it a good idea to use it for your backpack and weapon SDU upgrades in Borderlands 2? So So my thing about that is I,
1: I don't know, I it's kinda weird that they put it in just as like an alternate currency. I understand the canonical side of it because we've talked about it a little bit already, however, I don't feel like there there was a lot of a lot of reason for it because if you just make because here's the thing as you go through the game in borderlands 2 you're gonna want to get those you're gonna want to get those upgrades uh anyway and the main thing that i'm thinking of is mainly how much and am- like the ammo SDUs, the ammo storage deck upgrades um yeah. i kind of liked doing the little side quests to get the backpack upgrades from the claptraps traps in the first one yes. um i understand that you know, our claptrap is the only one left at this point, so that's not really a thing, but I'm sure they could have come up with something else. That being yeah. said that being said, um I think I think that they would have been just fine going with um you know going with the actual uh dollars currency for for getting the rest of them. I think that I think that would have been okay. I, I, I feel that Iridium was kind of unnecessary.
0: Yeah, I agree, and and I feel like they tried to kind of make up for it by like, hey, do this side quest for so and so and get four iridium. It's like, I really that's really frustrating for me. Yeah. Um, really, if you want a good amount of iridium, like if you need a ton of it, you're probably just farming. Um, probably just farming the bunker, you know. Or, yeah. Or, or Uranus, farming the bunkers or you know.
1: Yeah. Or, um, bad Ma, you know, gives, you yes. know, anywhere between one and four, you know, and that's a really quick, easy farming to do. But yeah, you know, I mean, we're already farming for gear and stuff like that. You know, I feel like farming for currency is a little kind of eh feeling, you know, especially because I don't know. And, and here's the weird thing, as weird as it sounds, I understand that you pay money when you, uh, when you get uh, a new U or when you use a new, a new U station stuff like that. But other than that, money really doesn't have much of a purpose now because at endgame, no one's buying stuff from the from the vendors hardly at all.
0: Right. Exactly. The only time that I'm really using money in game is for is for new use and for early game. If uh, well, like for example, I was playing my Mecromancer build the other day, and you know the first. Uh, class mod that Lilith gives you uh, after completing, you know, defending the Firehawk's lair and everything.
1: Yeah, just like the white basic SDU.
0: Right, so I had gone... Or, um, or class mod, sorry. Yeah, so before you go into her lair proper, you know, into the main part of the lair, yeah. um, there is the, the med vendor and the ammo vendor right there outside. Yeah. So I stopped at that just to see what there was, and there was a class mod. I can't remember the name of it, but it does um, an increased uh, reload speed and something else. Shield recharge rate or something like that. But anyways, I was like, oh, that's pretty good if you're playing Gage, you know? Yeah. Um, so, and then went in, completed the quest for Lilith, and then as soon as it was done, she handed me the class mod and it was and it was like it gave me a class mod for like team team elemental effect chance or something like that and i'm like mm, nah <laughs> so like ran back to the med vendor quick spent 400 bucks on this other class mod before yep. she yeeted me out of there <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, which which happened like literally like i made the purchase and then like i closed out of that menu and it was zap and i was over in that <laughs> other spot and i was like oh man it was it was really close timing but it's but, like, early game slight bonuses is when I'm really using money. Yeah. You know, bu- buying better shields, stuff like that.
1: Yeah, yep, I agree. So, um, going along with that... Never I guns, mean, though.
0: Never guns and never grenade mods.
1: No, I mean, it's, it's pretty rare for a couple of reasons. First of all, um, you know... Drew and I are hoarders that way so we we have tend to have a lot of golden keys so if we've got really terrible weapons and we just need to upgrade we're just like ah eh, I'll just spend like 5 to 10 golden keys and I'll get something halfway decent because it's right. not it's not hard to find the codes online for for the golden keys um so yeah I mean that's kind of the main thing and then you know most of the time we're also farming a lot of the legendaries as we go through the game just because we find it makes it more satisfying you know and that's what we like to do is to farm the weapons and the gear and all that kind of stuff so Right. You know, so going along with that, I don't think I personally don't like the idea of the using the iridium to access raid bosses either. I feel like it's kind of it's kind of like eh, it just seems like it is kind of another thing. It's like, well, crap, we've got all this iridium and then they're going to keep gathering it. So what do we do at endgame when they've got, you know, full five hundreds, you know, stacks of iridium? It's like, right, well, right. you know, uh what if what if we make it so that they can access the raid bosses that way? It's like, "Yeah, okay, but are we going to be locking out content from from people that don't have any radium or anything?" It's like, "Well, yeah, I guess so." It's like, yeah, it, it's it's just weird. Like the whole thing behind it is weird. I as someone who's played a fair amount of looter shooters and other games and things like that, I I'm not a big fan on alternate currencies. You know, it all it always just seems a little bit weird. And granted, the reason I'm okay with it more so in Borderlands is because Like, there's not a thing where it's like, hey, pay $5 for 500 iridium, you know. like Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Like, if if you had to pay, if you, if even there was the option to pay real world money for in-game currency, that would be a huge dick move.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just
0: straight up. So. Yep. Not even, there's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's just, Mm -hmm. because that's predatory and hella dumb. Speaking of butts, you can also use iridium for butt stallion. <laughs> so yep. So uh, when completing the Tiny Tina DLC, uh, and you complete if you once you complete it, uh, butt stallion can be found in Flame Rock Refuge with Roland, um, and you can feed her five iridium. And will cause her to either vomit or defecate a single piece of loot. Uh, mm-hmm. It can be as many times as you want. Um, so, according to uh, Borderlands.Fandom.com/wiki, uh, <laughs> but stallion, you can one of the following things will happen. Uh, she'll either flatulate, producing a green weapon, a vomit, a rainbow, and uh, a blue weapon. Um, or she'll rear up Winnie and, and shit out a purple weapon. Mm-hmm. Those are uh, those are the options, um, and the purple ones have a have a high chance of being a uh, a gemstone weapon, which uh, we'll probably get into some other time. But I mean, oh yeah. So those are the options. Um, it's kind of like using the slot machines, but. Way better.
1: Yeah, the return on it is better because you're not gonna get nothing, and right. and you're not gonna get a grenade in the face.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> like. Oh. Oh. Sorry. I forgot. She will also. Uh. The other option is she will Winnie prance in place, turn 180 degrees, and then poop out a legendary. That is also a potential. Yep. Yeah. So
1: at least in the in the Tina DLC, um, there was other uses for it because you could also use iridium for the uh slots at Moxie's Tavern there mm-hmm. um so that was the thing you could use them for because they took iridium instead of stead dollars which um again seems like a thing it's like well we got to have more uses for iridium so they did that and then uh for the d20 rolls on uh the chests where they have the 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 d20s on them or the 20 sided dice for people who don't play dungeons and dragons um yeah and they um Yeah, and so uh, there were a lot of uses for it between Butt Stallion and the D20 rolls and the Moxie slots. So there were more, but I feel like still a lot of people don't really end up using a lot of that. Granted, currency, I guess, actually isn't used in here a lot. So those are kind of the in-game uses for them and everything like that, though. So that's kind of where we're at. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, moving along to our next point, which is... um, Oh, some more kind of lower stuff, I guess. Uh, real quick, and then we're going to get into so. Yeah,
0: because it's not a practical application. This yeah. next part.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so the interesting thing is that. Um, so sirens. We know there's a strong connection from that uh, to you know iridium to sirens and everything like that, which um kind of has me a little bit nervous because if iridium and slag aren't as much of a thing in the next game how are they really going to tie that together more? So, you know, it's going to be kind of weird. Um, but um, here's the thing that we've noticed just from there. So, uh, so we've seen Lilith. uh, So here, I'll just read what I have written here. Sirens can use either refined or unrefined iridium to enhance their abilities. This doesn't change the inherent abilities of a siren, but amplifies them. This is exemplified by Lilith being able to phase all of sanctuary into a different area Mm mm-hmm so has the ability to phase walk herself and go from area to area um and without
0: the use of iridium
1: without the use of iridium that's just her natural siren ability so we've also seen uh but as we've seen um she can amplify that and do more things when she's given iridium uh when you give when sanctuary is about to take off in borderlands 2 um she needs a lot of iridium to help her move it and that's what she's trying to do and you give her a lot of unrefined iridium this is just iridium that's in chunks uh it's not in the bars that you actually collect as the currency which again i still have a slight problem with because you only see that like twice you see it during that scene where she's getting ready to do that and you see it at the very beginning of the game or towards the beginning of the game where um you help Zed with uh, perform surgery, and uh, the guy's got an iridium shard in him. That's those are both unrefined. Any other time, they don't really mention it, and you know, all you ever actually find when you're out playing in game is um, refined refined iridium in the bars. So uh,
0: about that, would <laughs> oh, iridium okay. have been more interesting? Had they let's say that you didn't have that. Initial meeting with Zed like that, right? Okay. Where he's like, I mean, he says it right from the get go. You guys can't get slag powers from swallowing this stuff. Is almost exactly what he says. Yeah. Would the game have been more interesting if you could?
1: So, like, if it had been a usable thing.
0: Yeah. So, let's say that. I mean, you and I hadn't planned this out. It's not in the show notes, so I'm just kind of winging it here. But, like, off the top of my head, let's say... Okay, so you know how Maya, right, her uh, phase-lock ability usually can't work on larger enemies, you know? Uh, Yeah. I mean, normal badass mobs and stuff are fine, but, like, she obviously can't phase-lock the Warrior or Saturn or anything like that.
1: Yeah.
0: What if... You could use a certain amount of Iridium and be allowed to do that. But it was like a timed thing. So like, you know, you have a quick a quick thing that you do. You pay five Iridium, and now you can phase lock a huge enemy like that for the same duration that you'd normally be able to phase lock him, right? And then think... there's like a countdown timer to where you're not allowed to do it for a certain amount of time because supposedly when you do, it does... Massive amounts of damage to you using too much iridium at once.
1: So I like that idea and I really like where you're going. I think that would have made it very interesting. I think maybe, and I'm, I'm being very mm, kind of about this, but like, I think maybe it might have been difficult to do in a live co-op setting because so like if you play like Skyrim or something like that or Dragon Age, you, you just pause the game and you use like a potion or a buff or whatever. So right. when you're playing a co-op game like that, you, you either have to have a button assigned to that already so you can do it on the fly because you're not going to be able to if you're playing in any kind of co-op thing, you're not going to be able to just pause the game and do it yourself because everything is still happening around you. Right. So I definitely okay. Think it's so
0: let's tra- say it's let's say it's just long press on your on your ability. You know what I mean?
1: Okay. Yeah. No, I could probably get down on that. I think I think in order to make it fair and still balanced, I think you would have to have uh, a big takeaway on it because you know if you're able to phase some phase lock like something like Terra or something like that just for a little bit, even if it's not putting it into the ball, even if it's just like stopping it in place and essentially freezing it and having it take more damage i mm-hmm. think that's i think that's awesome i think it needs to have something to balance it out otherwise ooh, people are
0: ooh, okay here it is here it is right so I, it's gonna sound like i'm talking about a magic card right now but like <laughs> okay so you long press your uh special ability right Yep. You pay five iridium or ten or whatever they decide. You know, or like it varies depending on level or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And your current health level is halved. I was thinking the same exact thing. (laughs) So like, so like you're at max health. Boom, you're at half health because using that shit can't be good for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So like, and Maya's, Maya's is easy. I mean, like we just I just figured that one out on the fly, right? Yeah. Salvador zirking lasts twice as long as it normally would.
1: Nope, Salvador you know? gets four guns.
0: <laughs> Don't, oh my god, he grows like Amara style extra limbs. Yes and, they, and now you're rocking all four guns at once. Yes. That'd be
1: sick. Um let's see. What what, what are you playing with today, Sal? I'm playing I'm playing with four double penetrating on camp. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i like it I, li- I want it yeah all right so zero does like
1: when multiple he, clones yeah multiple
0: all- clones and when they disappear they explode and slag everything within a certain area
1: okay so there is so he does have a skill like that already oh right so, he
0: does doesn't he yeah
1: because he has uh he has unforeseen so we just take that and we just take that out of the skill tree and we just make it a thing that he does already so because yes. um, with unforeseen your holographic decoy explodes when you become visible again causing shock damage to your by enemies damage increases per level but if we so it's it's one of those things where like it, you know it says damage increased per level and everything like that so it's just like how much damage will you know five of unforeseen damage when you've got multiple (laughs) things in there. So I'm not, I'm not going to do the math on it right now, but I like, I like the idea. So yeah, he has multiple clones. And when they all come out, like, or maybe each one of them has like a chance to do like, you know, maybe he puts out like five clones and each of them is a different element or something like that. Ooh, yeah, that'd be cool. And so like, he's standing in the center and when, and when he puts them, when he puts his decoy out, they each go out in like, uh, uh, in like, directly outward from him
0: yeah like in a pentagonal you know yeah exactly yeah, yeah.
1: so no i like i like that and then um let's see who else we got here so, so Ax- we got, still got
0: yeah axton krieg and gage
1: so <laughs> <laughs> all right so um so Axton, I feel keep, like keep in
0: mind, like if you're not sorry if we if we're getting a little sidetracked on this, but we're just making this up. None of this is actual stuff that you can do. Yeah. It would be
1: sweet. It would be. So so Axton, let's let's go with this. Ooh, okay. So Axton will do something that's kind of a call forward instead of a call back. So in so instead of him being like instead of it being like just a turret what if it's like a little like mini deployed tank
0: type thing? Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Like, like he throws out like a little, um, <clears throat> like a you know what a those four wheelers, but it's got like a roll cage and everything. Yeah, know? yeah, so, like, 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 like something a UTV. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. So like yeah. one of those, but like with a turret on each side. Yeah. <laughs> Oh and if you run over something with it it like extends the duration of using that thing for just a little bit longer.
1: Yeah. That'd oh, I be like fun. that. So, all right. So, if so if we're doing so if we're doing gauge, I mean it would have to be something with with clap or with uh death trap involved. It's just like what is that? What like do you just Does it have I to know. be
0: death trap or does it have to be or could it be some Oh, uh, yeah, I guess because it's all going to be something based around their base skill. Because, like, if you're not specced into Anarchy, then, like, if you, if the thing was based around Anarchy, and you're like, well, I'm not playing Anarchy Gage. A, why would you do that? You could, but why? why would you <laughs> you do that? could, but why? <laughs> <laughs> um, it, uh, I mean, like, if you're not specced into Anarchy, then it doesn't do you any good. You know what yeah. I mean? So, yep. Because so. initially, my thought was, like, you, your Anarchy, like doubles but then like drops at a ridiculous rate back to the level that it was at mm.
1: Mm. yeah
0: it that
1: one's tough <laughs> yeah that one's really is, really tough. tough but anyways so, all
0: right so it's gonna be something with the death trap
1: yeah i think maybe just having like you know maybe just have like for a very short time i'm talking like a really short time like just have like death trap become like a full-on like mech like a full on like like a full on like Gundam, you know?
0: Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. But not but not one that you pilot because then it would be too too similar to Iron Bear and, and stuff like that, right? So like yeah. like an autonomous thing still. Yeah. So
1: the the only one I'm having really trouble figuring out is Krieg because Krieg's release the Beast skill at the bottom kind of already does something almost like that um mm. for for those of you that aren't aware, uh, so once once you go down to um once you go down his mania tree and you get to release the beast, activating the buzzaxe rampage when or below thirty three percent of your max health, um which is when it gets all blinky, it instantly refills his health and trans- transforms him into a badass psycho mutant. With plus one hundred percent melee damage and plus fifty percent damage reduction, Buzz X Rampage is instantly recharged afterwards. That kind of sounds like that type of thing already. Like that. Yeah. You know. How about? Because what, three- what, what are we? what are we? Because what are we going to do? Just make it be like, yeah, just do that, but double it again. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Make it bigger. So, yeah. I don't,
0: um. I don't, I don't okay. know. Maybe. So he goes down to ten. Ten like. Not 10%, just 10 health. Right? 10 health, great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he's just barely not dead, right? Okay. And instead of having to pull each uh, trigger in order to throw a single axe, like each trigger does, like he pulls buzzaxes out from each hand. It's just, and he's just chucking them. So, Unless he's so within I- a certain range, and then you can hit them.
1: So I have kind of a weird thing here, but it totally plays into Krieg and his abilities and everything. Because I I don't hate what you're talking about. I yeah, it's it's not bad, but I think I've got something. So so he has a skill called Light the Fuse. Yeah. So uh, Light the Fuse, Fight for Your Life is replaced with Light the Fuse. During Light the Fuse, you pull out a live bundle of dynamite and can move normally. The bundle detonates when the timer runs out. If you kill someone, you are revived. Getting a revive with the bundle explosion gives you bonus movement speed for the remainder of the time that was left in Light the Fuse. Throw dynamite sticks with fire and uh, detonate bundle by holding action. Okay. So here's the thing. So let's... So you... So instead of doing that, you have something that's similar, but you're able to do it by using by using the Iridium this way. But uh, with, with Krieg... It's almost the exact opposite. So he uses that, and then he just has like a gigantic explosion that's just like a nuke that like went off. <laughs> okay. okay. And, but here's the thing his, his, like, it, it does, like, when he comes out of it, he will be at. You know, at like half health or whatever, mm-hmm. but it does just a stupid amount of damage. So he just runs into a mob or next to a boss or whatever. And it's just like, ah, <laughs> like Okay, you know? so it
0: turns Greed into a suicide psycho.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like it mm-hmm. turns him into a suicide psycho, but like even more so than what Light the Fuse does.
0: Right, 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 right. So yeah,
1: I like that. That's cool. Anyway, I feel like we've spent a lot of time on this. <laughs> yeah, on this
0: thing that is never going to happen. Sorry yeah. if we got your hopes up. But uh, all right. But I just, anyways. Just to wrap that up, like, Sirens are the only ones who got to benefit from from Iridium, and not even, like, the in-game playable Siren, just the NPC. So I yeah. just feel like that would have been a really interesting, uh, an additional cool use of Iridium. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um going, going into that, you know, we talked about refined versus unrefined, how they can use either one. Technically, they're two different things. It's never explained. It's really never explained what the difference is because they never like, oh, this one, you know, I mean, other than, you know, swallowing the unrefined kills you, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, but, you know, but they never they never explain it. What we do know, however, is that slag is a byproduct of the iridium refining process, which brings us to um, which brings us to slag. We, you know, we had notes on here about, you know. Uh, Iridium as a secondary currency in the game. I think we've covered that topic pretty well at this point. Yeah, so, I think so too. So, um, so slag, um, first of all, there's a lot of importance in late game as far as slag. There's a lot of things where you're going to want to have slag just to be able to do the extra damage to things using slag. So in late game, it, you know, I'm not as fond of it and I'm glad they're getting rid of it. But as far as late game goes, I would rather have something else. Um you know, I'd rather just be able to do more damage overall to kind of balance things out than have to rely on slag. I get balancing issues and everything, and they're learn they were learning as they went when they came out with it, but that's just kind of how I feel about it.
0: Yeah, so. it's um, it's not necessary at all first playthrough. It's kind, of, it's pretty helpful in second playthrough. Absolutely vital in third playthrough.
1: Yeah, it really is. So, and we'll get into that here in a little bit when we talk about some of the main weapons that uh, we really like as far as it goes. So, um, Grog Nozzle, we're not going to spend much time on that because uh, surprises. So, <laughs> but um, Grog Nozzle is great. It's always guaranteed to be slag. And then as far as other really fun, unique slag weapons, we have the Chilain, uh, the Slaga, the Florentine, and the Antagonist. So, uh pro tip out there if you're playing krieg you're probably going to want to slag uh, at some point yep so um so yeah those are kind of the now i forget are those ones those ones aren't gear are those ones all guaranteed to be a slag or they just have a chance to be slag
0: no i believe they're all guaranteed to be slag oh okay gotcha all right well, that's cool let me just double check here Tulane. Yes, Slag. Oh, and apparently uh, the Chilean is also available as uh, <clears throat> uh, Shock as well. But apparently that's not listed as okay. a uh, as a potential one. Uh, the Slaga is Slag only, correct? Mm-hmm. Florentine.
1: Yeah. So... Um and then uh the antagonist which is actually not a weapon the antagonist is actually a shield so um what it does is it actually uh bounces the enemy's bullets or deflects them i guess um and it does that with increased damage uh to um t- towards the enemies so and it also launches homing balls of slag at attackers so it's it's kind of an interesting one so um uh, sidebar, but, the
0: florentine is uh is shock and slag both. Gotcha.
1: Okay. So yeah. Uh, like simultaneously. Inter- yeah. So we'll go ahead and get more into those when we do them in, in our things, uh, you know, in our going, going gun or going, going gun, grenade, whatever, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, we also have, um, as far as enemies. Um, well, yeah. one Drew, why don't you go ahead and take the enemies
0: here? Yeah. So every, every basic enemy in the game, um, is vulnerable to slag damage, except for uh slagged variants, which we'll talk about in a sec, but also uh cris uh crystalisks and constructors. They're the only only common enemies that you'll find in the game that are not subjective to uh slag damage. Yeah um, as far as major enemies go, uh the Leviathan, uh, Jackenstein, Jackenstein, uh, Pistons <laughs> Blimp. Badassosaurus and Saturn are not able to be slagged.
1: Yeah, I thought it was really interesting that um, thought it was really interesting that uh, Saturn can't be slagged because if I remember uh, if I remember right, I think Uranus can be slagged. So I believe
0: that's correct.
1: So again, it's new. I haven't you know I you know I haven't double checked on that, but um, you know go along with that. We do have some slag variant enemies which you can have. Um, Slag spider ants, racks, psychos, threshers, stalkers, spores, and uh, scalians. Um, you now, for those of you that don't remember, uh, scalians are the kind of uh, spider spider ant stalker kind of things. I guess you'd call them in yeah. uh, in the Sir Hammerlock DLC. So they've never been they've never been too much of a threat. They're kind of slower and whatever stuff like that. So. Um, you know, I've never felt too much of a threat from the slagged enemies, um, except for I don't know, except for the slag psychos and stalkers, maybe. So
0: the only ones that really give me an issue when I'm not playing as Krieg are uh, are slag spider ants when there are fire spider ants nearby. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's I mean, but that's a pretty rare instance, um. And and other than that I think it's just the slagged enemies are just irritating just because you can no longer slag them. That's yeah. the only irritating part about it to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and in late game that is kind of a bummer. So Right. Yeah.
0: So then you just gotta, you know, use your other stuff in order to, to deal with that. I mean that's yeah. that could be super Tedious. frustrating. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there you go. Tedious.
1: So yeah, going along with that, um, you know there are some abilities that some of the uh, vault hunters have that can do slag type things. Um, so Maya has a couple, which makes sense because she is the well, she's the siren, so it makes sense that she has something along those lines. So she has uh, scorn and ruin. So um, let's see, ruin is an action skill augmentation. So when you phase lock, a phase lock now slags, corrodes, and electrocutes all nearby enemies.
0: Um, Pretty sick skill. Really, really yeah. love that.
1: Yeah, it really is. So for, um, you know, that's, that's, the, that's,
0: uh, that's the capstone of the cataclysm tree. If you were wondering.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, for, for, for things like that, um, reasons like that is why if, if, you're going to be playing solo and you're just looking to have some fun and whatever. That's usually why like uh, Maya is kind of one of the better ones to start out with is just because she has some of those abilities that work out really well. Uh, The other one.
0: Yeah. Quickly uh, just going into her cataclysm tree in general is pretty good because there's pretty much elemental abilities with that affect almost every element. So regardless of what you go up against, you can do some kind of, some kind of damage towards it.
1: Yep, so, and then the other one, Scorn, being the capstone in the tree next to it, in the Harmony tree. So, um, you know, so it's a melee override, and um, instead of, like, actually, so it's on a cooldown, but instead of um, instead of, like, punching something or anything like that, she does, she actually throws out an orb of slag that constantly damages enemies near it. Uh, It does have an 18-second cooldown, so it's a little bit longer. Um, And, um, you know, pressing melee when Scorn is on cooldown will just perform a regular melee attack. And the fun thing is, I've seen a lot of people glitch out the game like this in a lot of fun ways. Uh, It's another thing where, it's another one of those goofy things where if you you have, like, a weighted scroll wheel and you put Scorn onto a melee ability and you put that on the scroll wheel, if you just, like, flick it and, and have it, you know... If, if it reads all that stuff, you can throw out like a bunch of scorn orbs like all at once.
0: <laughs> so, that's so. so like it just reads it as like too many as like a ton of melee clicks before it says, hey, before the cooldown starts, is that basically how it works?
1: Yeah, yep. so so that's kind of the thing. So um, it does work better if the slower your computer is running because your computer has trouble processing it all at once.
0: Uh, okay
1: like like i've seen people do it where they're like uploading a youtube video and you know and they'll be doing it so um so stuff like that or like rendering a video or whatever you know and so um but yeah that's basically what it is because i mean if you if you like i said if you have that weighted scroll wheel and if you make it spin real fast
0: (laughs) (laughs) games like uh it's you know seven like (laughs) (laughs) right so um Okay, so uh, next we have uh, Axon's skill Double Up, which is the capstone in the Gorilla tree, uh, which is based around his uh, his turret, pretty much. Um, it's uh, so Double Up adds a second gun to the saber turret, and both guns fire slag bullets. Really, really, really useful. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. You've actually, I know that you've played more Axon than I have. That's actually a really handy thing for for like solo playthrough, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's super, because you're you're using your turret a lot more, um, and just having that guaranteed slag is nice. Um, like I said, it'd be, we'll, talking about the slag weapons and everything, it's good to have a lot of them, but there's better things that he can use, you know? So, like, if you're in second playthrough and you're doing grenade, and you're in a grenade build, you know, having gone into the gorilla tree and getting that capstone um, of... Uh, double up. It's really convenient because now you're slagging everything and you're lighting them up with, you know, with deba, and it's just really great. So, mm-hmm. super handy. Uh, yeah. The last skill that is um, slag related when it comes to playable characters is Gage's skill uh, Interspersed Outburst. Say that five times fast. Yeah, I had so. trouble... I had trouble even saying it when Jeff and I were working on this episode <laughs> together. I was like, speed something. I, I yeah. don't remember what I call it, but... Uh, so. Interspersed Outburst is uh, not the capstone, but second to last skill in the Little Big Trouble tree. Uh, not shooting an enemy for a short time grants you a stack of Interspersed Outburst, up to five stacks potentially. The next time you shoot an enemy, all stacks of Interspersed Outburst are consumed, and you deal... Uh, rank one, per, uh, you deal rank slag damage. You can get one per level. The more stacks are consumed, the greater the chance of slagging the target.
1: That one's kind of a weird one. Like it's
0: really odd.
1: Yeah, I I know that I know that Gage was the last character they worked on for um for Borderlands two, and you know they're trying to keep things new and fresh, and I totally get that. But that one's that one's kind of a weird one. It's like you advertise this game that has you know you know, what they said, 87 bazillion guns was like the marketing campaign for it. And yeah, it's like, something right, like, that. all right, have all these guns, but don't shoot them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: Also, like, like we said earlier, like if you're playing gauge, you are going to be running anarchy more than likely. So, yeah. which rewards you from shooting things and then reloading.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Really weird. I would have it rather is. seen like a, like a slag addition to death trap or something like that. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, really interesting, though. I don't know. Maybe it could have been a little bit... I don't know. It could have been different if you were running almost like a... Like, because Gage obviously does a lot of cool stuff with, like, shotguns, like the Jacobs shotguns, because of how Anarchy works and things like that. Sure. It it could have been really interesting if they had found a way to, like, be like, all right, you're going to dual-spec, and basically what you're going to do is you're going to run shotguns, and you're going to run melee,
0: yeah, I was just thinking that so like it's like like a melee override thing like just like uh Maya's, you know? So like if you punch something, you can but instead of shooting out an orb, an orb, maybe you just slag an enemy directly.
1: Yeah. So or like you yeah, have you a
0: chance to slag an enemy or something cuz it can't be like guaranteed slag. That would just be ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, um you know, yeah, like it's a melee override thing that's like, "All right, 50% chance to Maybe it'd be a thing where it's like 50% chance to slag an enemy and then 50% chance to deal 100% melee, you know, plus 100% melee damage and it's still on a on a on like a 5 second cooldown or something yeah, like
0: that. Yeah, that'd be cool. That would have been cool.
1: So, yeah. So, getting into a lot of hypotheticals on this episode. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so, uh, um
0: interestingly, no slag things for Zero or um Krieg or Salvador. Salvador, <laughs> yeah. There you go. I was like so, I'll get there.
1: Yeah. Um so yeah, interesting. Um I think it'll be good. I'm not sure. I I I understand that like the radiation uh thing in Borderlands 3 that's coming out. I think that'll be kind of a fun thing. At the same time, I hope it's not connected to anybody's skills. I think just sticking honestly sticking a little bit more closely to the base things is going to be a little bit better, you know, so sticking to uh, sticking to fire, corrosion, electric, and cryo, which we know that's going to be a big thing coming up in there mm. too, as it was in yeah that was one of that was one of the big things they really actually did get right in pre sequel, and I'm really happy. So and then and then explosive obviously because so, okay. you got to have explosions. Well, uh, so you know, but as far as yeah you know, I'm not because I'm just not sure how how the nuclear radiation thing would work. Uh, right, as far I as mean the character.
0: I think I think the reason that we talk so much about hypothetical, you know, skill buffs and stuff like that for the playable characters in Borderlands 2 is because they kind of forced it. Like it's so it it's like, well, there are like it's a totally necessary thing, you know, so
1: mm-hmm. why
0: so you might as well steer into it and do stuff for the other characters as well. So it just yeah. seems it or or make the ones that are on the existing characters better. Um yeah. so it's but it would it would be nice to a completely abandon the necessity of a secondary of a of a different element in order to play late game in Borderlands yeah. 3. Yeah, um, absolutely. That would be good or if it is necessary make it available across the board and have it not be so difficult. Like if you if if it was necessary in late game to use fire in borderlands 2 that'd be fine. It's not a big deal cuz it's everywhere, you know? Yeah, yep. Slag is a lot more difficult to come by, which I guess some people would be would argue well, that's kind of the point, you know, but it just there's other way to other ways to make the game more interesting late game than forcing an element upon you, you know?
1: Yeah. And and here's the thing that makes it tough too is because we don't I, I prefer that slag not be in Borderlands three. And I'm glad that it's not, but the thing that we have an issue with is that it's reliance on everything else. It's not that you can, it's not that you use slag. It's that in order to make slag work, you have to pair it with other things. And that's kind that's kind of a huge pain.
0: Yes. You know? Yeah. If you're not running Salvador, if you're anybody else, that's a, that's a pain in the ass, you know?
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. So, and even for you know and even for the um you know even for the characters
0: that can use that kind of stuff it is you know it is kind of a pain so like um yeah because you know, now like, you're because it's so far down the skill tree that it's necessary to be like all right well i guess to play as late game you know axen i am required to do to go into um double up you know at the end of the at the end of the gorilla tree like it's it's yeah it's an absolute must.
1: Yeah. And even like here, here's the thing is that even with, um, one, one skill we didn't mention, cause it's not, it's not technically a slag skill is like gauges make it sparkle. So shooting death trap with an elemental weapon charges him with that element, causing his melee attacks to deal additional damage of that element. You right. know, it's like, even that's not technically that kind of a thing, you know? So it's just, it's weird. And that's the thing is like, I, I like my, I like, I like all of the action skills that you can use in Borderlands too, but it kind of, it's kind of a bummer when you, when you feel like in late game, you're forced to use them as a way to get slag so that your character can actually do things.
0: Right, right. Now it's not, it's not so much a buff as it's a crutch.
1: Correct. Yeah. Yep. So, so yeah, that's, you know, I'm, I'm glad that they're going away from it. It's kind of weird because you, because now you're going from, you're going from not having it to having it to having something Yeah, I mean well, I mean that yeah, it's the thing. To have having it in the first game or not having it in the first game, having it in the second game and then and then Borderlands three not having it again. So it's it's lore and canon wise we're gonna be all over the place. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. It'd be like all the iridium in the world is gone. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, there's tons of it.
1: Oh, so we went- went to find iridium. It was gone. What do you mean? It was gone? It was gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, maybe that's, maybe one... that's what happened. Maybe that's what happened to crazy Earl. He just like found all the iridium and just like, he <laughs> yeeted out of there. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> Peace bitches. <laughs> yeah. Just gone. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: anyway, I have all the irido- all the iridium.
1: <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so getting into that one, one major thing we want to let, we wanted to let people know is that um, when you're playing the game, don't get permaslagged, Jeff. Right. What's permaslagged? Right. I'ma tell you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, because I didn't. Because when you and I were uh, writing up this episode, you're like, "Yeah, we should probably talk about getting permaslagged." And I think I said exactly that. Like, what "The hell's permaslagged?" And you're <laughs> yeah. like, "Oh, dude."
1: <laughs> and I was like, "You don't
0: know." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, according to Jeff and what he's written here. Uh, perma slagging happens when you get slagged in a vehicle and you are permanently slagged, uh, yep. <laughs> at least until you close your session and open it again. Uh, it's in- apparently incredibly dangerous in UVHM and OP levels.
1: As you can imagine, cause that's the thing. So you get slagged. So if you, if you're in, uh, so if you're in the later part of the game or anything like that in the area um you know in the in the boneyard or the air nexus or whatever anything like that or yeah in the air nexus boneyard or anything along those lines uh they've got those puddles of slag from the piping and stuff like that. So if you drive a vehicle through there and you get slagged when your character gets out, you will be slagged permanently until you until you close the session, reopen it. And it's and it's a big pain because it doesn't show any signs of that. Like you don't have like the the slag um effects or anything like that on the screen but you will be taking damage as if you're a slag. it's it's a it's a huge problem it's a really big thing
0: i'm and surprised if that tra- they haven't patched that
1: yeah well you know eh, just they've been working on borderlands 3 i'm i'm, I'm okay with that
0: <laughs> <laughs> true story i mean the fact that i've played as much borderlands 2 as i have and haven't had that issue at least that i'm aware of you know then like you know, looking back on it now, now I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, my God, there were times where I'm like, why am I dying so fast? It <laughs> totally be that.
1: Yep, absolutely. So And I just didn't so,
0: know it because I didn't know it was a thing.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's why it's dangerous. So, so but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a big, you know, it's a big thing. And uh, so just, if you do, if you get any, if you take any kind of slag damage in a vehicle, me, I, I try and avoid it by just, you know, if I see an enemy and it looks like they might have something slag, I'm like, I'm out, I'm out the vehicle. I'm out. Like, you know, <laughs> Right. So I just hop out and everything like that. But yeah, so don't do not get yourself perma slagged. It is it is not a fun thing to have happen. So um you know, we've <laughs> so. kind of we've we've kind of we've kind of you know, this is kind of a kind of you know kind of gone a lot into this issue and everything, but you know, pros and cons of slag is a mechanic in the game. I understand why they did it. I respect them for trying it. I don't think it worked the way they wanted it to. They ended up balance. That was one of the key things they ended up having to balance around. The The key things they end up balancing around are, are this. First of all, Salvador is a character. Yep. Okay. Secondly, slag. Another big yep. issue. Okay. Uh, the B shield. Yep. Okay. Love the shield. I understand everything like that, but they end up balancing around it. And then two, two main weapons, I would say, which are the Unkempt Herald. Yep. And the uh and especially really really early in the game, the conference call.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. So, and then once you get are, to the DLCs, probably the grog nozzle as well.
1: Yeah, definitely the grog nozzle <clears throat> and may mm, I'm not going to say that. I was going to say maybe the sandhawk a little bit. Mm, but, yeah. you know, that's probably not as big of a thing, so I understand why they did it and everything like that. I overall um it doesn't, it doesn't reduce my enjoyment of playing the game so much so that I don't want to do it or anything like that or that I'm going to avoid it. I still pl- enjoy playing the game well enough. Um, that being said, I think it could have been a... I won't say a huge difference, but I will say it could have been a slightly better game if they would have found a way to get around Slag and to not have it be such a big deal. That and... Right. And Iridium both, honestly. I don't think it would have made as much of a difference as some people claim it would have, but I think it would have been a a more enjoyable experience, uh, and I think it would have also made it more approachable for um, more casual players as well.
0: Yeah, agreed. Uh, I mean, if you want to see how to do that kind of stuff in a game, uh, see Corrosion in Borderlands 1.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: Super beneficial, not absolutely necessary. Correct. That's that's yep. basically it. And no alternative currency. You know. Yep. Um, yep. Not not saying that Borderlands One is a better game. It's just it's a completely different game because of those, um, because of the way that those things work. Uh, one very very last thing. Speaking of uh, alternate currencies and stuff, uh, Moonstones are a thing in the pre-sequel. Alright, so that's going to bring us <laughs> to the episode, uh, the end of the episode and uh, the final segment of the day, the final segment of every episode, going, going, gun. <laughs> so we figured it appropriate that since we were doing an entire episode on slag and iridium and things like that, that today we are going to be talking about Moxie's Grog Nozzle.
1: Gross. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So,
0: so uh I have a uh like a paragraph written here. I'm just gonna read through it. Jeff, jump in, make and whatever you want. Uh as You through. got it. <laughs> <laughs> Can do. Uh so the Grog Nozzle is a unique Malawan slag pistol that you receive as a quest item from Claptrap when beginning the Beard Makes the Man quest in the Tiny Tina DLC. Like any Moxie weapon, any damage you do with the Grog Nozzle uh, in hand comes back to you in the form of health at a certain percentage. What makes the Grog Nozzle one of the top-tier weapons in the game is that its the health gain is 65%, which is absolutely incredible. Uh, yep. Compare that to the Ruby, which is another Moxie Malawan pistol, which, while respectable, has only a health return of 12.5%.
1: Yeah, people gotta understand. Like people that got the game when it was re released as the Handsome Collection or anything like that, you have to understand. Like uh, in the early days, like w- w- like everyone was like, "Oh my gosh, you gotta see this ruby! It gives you like almost thirteen percent health back." And then like, and then you know like the grog nozzle comes in. It's like, "Oh yeah, that's cute." Like, <laughs> <laughs> right? Hold my beer. Yeah, yeah. literally. You know, like, hold like, my grog. Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> So no, I mean it was like everyone, like the like I remember like back in the day, the big thing was like, yo, you got to get yourself a slag bladed ruby, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, yep. like people would farm for hours for that, and then it's just like you could get this thing
0: as like a as like a side quest item. It's like oh, all right, <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, so. In addition to the other Moxie weapons, uh, it's important to note that the health gain is not only based on damage that the pistol itself does, uh, it also includes grenade damage, melee damage, or if you're gun with Salvador, the secondary gun damage. So whatever, you know, if you're... It's, it's just one of the most common things to do. Grog Nozzle in your offhand, Herald um, in your right hand, and you're yep. just... Man, <laughs> so when I played through the... Um, (laughs) when I played through the DLC, the Commander Wheel of DLC, I I talked about last week how I just bounced right out of there and went and got a grog nozzle. Right. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And then by the time I was running, I was running grog nozzle in the left hand and the um, infection cleaner in the right hand. I just wasn't losing life. You know, you just you're rocking both of them, and that's not nearly as powerful as the double penetrating unkempt herald. It's, Mm -hmm. but I'm still like just both triggers down the whole time and every now and then you'll just see your health bar just blip like (laughs) (laughs) a little bit and then it just goes right back up oh yeah um it's just stupid awesome um put one of them in in zero's hands you know and have him and do your melee build thing same with Krieg. i mean any of that stuff really Mm. really great yeah Um, one of uh one of the you know, he he
1: made a point about it. One of my favorite things is um, also, secondly, I would just like to point out this is the first time that I'm actually seeing uh, this Google Doc that Drew has about it. And he has it listed as the GragNazzle.
0: <laughs> I, I do.
1: <laughs> so uh, Intentionally. Don't worry. Uh, so, but um, yeah, I love playing as Zero. Like melee build Zero is great with this thing because um, like Slag play, play the Ruby is still handy for Zero, but it's nice to be able to switch over to the Grog Nozzle and then I use the Chain Lightning and I'm just like, oh, oh no, I've got like no health. What just, you know, yeah, just like throw yeah. a Chain Lightning out and all that Chain Lightning damage comes back to me as health. And like, it's, it's legit. Like it will recover like 100% of my health you know, yep. I could be at like I could be at like a health point and throw this thing out there with a the grog nozzle, I'd be fine.
0: Right, you know, right. It's great. Or like if you're if you're Axton, right? Grenade build axton and you've got a grog oh, yeah. nozzle in hand and you just huck a fat. you're like, Oh, I'm dying. <laughs> huck a fastball and you're good. Yep. You know? <laughs> it's uh, it's just it's easily one of the top three weapons in the game, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, I
1: you know, I know we're ranting and we're raving about it and everything like that. It's, it's because of what it does for you. And here's the thing. We wish it didn't have to be that way. We under, <laughs> right. we, we understand that, but it's, it's kind of become a necessity, you know, at this point. So that's, that's the way it yeah, is. So, like.
0: so everything that we're talking about now has been up, has been all about the health returns. Okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> let me get back to, to the document here. The other incredible benefit of rocking the grog nozzle is that it, always does slag elemental damage making it amazing for late gameplay always every yeah. time <laughs> literally 100 of the time um L- like so, if, that's, like, if so like, like if a two guy comes are... sorry, sorry go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, so if a guy comes into your game
1: and he's like oh hey i got a fire grog nozzle a do two things first of all tell him no you don't and if he says and if he claims he does again you know have him show it to you and if he does yeah, he gived that he that gun into the game. He cheated that game into the gun, or that gun into the game. Like no ifs ands or buts. That's the way it is.
0: <laughs> yes. Yep.
1: Why you so, would? I have no idea. But
0: still. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That'd be the weirdest. But that'd be one of the stupidest things you could do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. So, anyways, it's not all. Uh, it's not all upside. Uh, the downsides of using the grog nozzle are incredibly low damage. Stupid low. And,
1: like mm-hmm. it ain't
0: even. You're not even really. You. You. Uh, I'll I'll get to that point in a second, but uh, and okay. the sec the other downside is the fact that uh, since it's a quest item, it's likely to spawn with different parts every time you load into the game. Obviously, you know there is the rare chance that it could have the exact same parts both times, but it's just with how many different parts there are for weapons, it's super unlikely. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, you may get a Vladoff barrel one time, and then the next time you play, you get a TDR barrel. That's mm-hmm. just the nature of of quest items and how they work because they're not unless there's a couple uh, quest items, I believe that are specific builds. Like it, it's always going to come with this grip and always come sure. with this barrel, but yeah. the gr- but most of them don't work like that. So every time you load in, it's going to be different. It's going to have different numbers, different, you know, different barrels, different grips, obviously whatever. Um, but always slag always, always, always slag. Um, mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, but the point is, is that you're not really looking to use the grog nozzle as a damage-dealing weapon. Its primary mm. uses are for the healing and for the slagging. That's that's all it's there for. Yep. So yep. make sure that you have a. a uh, you're still going to want to do your other. You're still going to want to farm for your other weapons. You're still going to want you know a deepa or an infinity or a hornet or what have you. It's. The grog nozzle just there for the slagging and for the health benefits. So, mm-hmm. um, yep. to acquire the grog nozzle, simply load into the unassuming docks from any travel station, and then proceed through the main story of the tiny of uh, Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep until you meet Claptrap in the Mines of Avarice. Uh, once you accept the beard makes the man quest from him, the grog nozzle is going to be in your inventory. Now, <sighs> I'm going to say this. As slowly and as clearly as possible. Do not complete and turn in the quest. This kills the Grog Nozzle. <laughs> okay? This kills it, the Grog Nozzle. <laughs> it's a quest item. Hence, once that quest is complete, the Grog Nozzle goes bye-bye. Okay? Forever. <laughs> yeah, there's no... Although, uh, from doing the research on this episode of... Uh, or in this. Segment of Going, Going, on. I found out that they did make it a a lootable item for a while.
1: Yep. Uh, So they did actually make it a lootable. I was fortunate enough to actually get this uh, as an actual thing. So there was a small point where you could actually, uh, when they were doing the Borderlands Million Dollar Loot Hunt, And, um, they were allowing people to get, uh, they were allowing people to get weapons that normally you couldn't get and they were getting them from different enemies and things like that. So you would actually load in for that day and you would go and you would kill a specific enemy that they had challenged you to do. And you could find that on their website or on their Twitter or whatever. Um, I think there might've also been a splash screen when you load it, splash screen when you load in the game. And one of them actually was the grog nozzle. Um, drew without looking at it, if I remember right, I think it was from the iron golem that you had That's to kill correct. to get it. Yep. yep. Okay. I still got it. <laughs> so, um, there was a lot of fun stuff in there. I it's, you know, so that was the only way that you could like actually get it. Uh, you know, IRL, which I'm super, super sad about now. Cause now that max level is, you know, now that max level is eighty and not seventy two anymore.
0: Oh right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. not that not that it matters because again, you're not getting it for the damage, you're getting it for the slagging and for the for the health. But you know, to all the, to all my other uh to all my other vault hunters out there that got it at seventy two, you know, it's like you know, we are press F we are to
0: pay respects. All right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pull one out for the grog nozzle. So, <laughs> yeah. But Oh um, man, I
0: hadn't considered that. So like you could Go through and farm all your other normal stuff, you know, and get it at level eighty or whatever. But the grog nozzle's always gonna be seventy two. Yep. I mean if yep. you if you still have that looted version from
1: Oh, I still do. Like,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course you do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So And then um, tweak
0: it between your characters.
1: And then tweak it between your characters. No, uh, oh no, I got I got one for each character. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there you go. So, that's a good idea. Um yeah, no, so but yeah. Um, so yeah, that was the, um, that was kind of the thing for that. And then, um, there was other cool things that they did too. That was, I don't consider this. Like, I know that that was the point, but that's the only way I, ha- I have a Cobra as well. Like I have a Cobra.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They made it like a super easy, lootable thing from the badassosaurus. Oh, uh. like, uh, <laughs> you know, that's kind of one of those things. It's like, you know, it's like, it's, it feels like a participation trophy. It's like, Hey buddy, good job. You got it. It's like, Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but did I did I really? Yeah, yeah. it's funny. One, one so, day I'm hoping to get like a naturally farmed one from the burners. So Yeah, there you go. So anyway.
0: um quick uh quick little thing i because I didn't mention it at all, I just talked about mechanics and everything. Uh it does have a random chance when you're using it to make you appear drunk, <laughs> like you lean left or right, and, and if you're still in the minds of Avarice, you'll actually hiccup as well. Yep. Um, so. I just felt like that stuff was not important to the reason for getting the grog nozzle. It's 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 got it's other like we you get it for other reasons, but I just figured I would point out point that out in case anybody goes to get it and they're like "What the hell is this doing on my screen?" You know, like Yeah. That's it, just just listen to the quest and you'll understand why it is the way it is.
1: That being said, you can actually use the drunk effect to your benefit because well, you don't hiccup and everything like that anywhere else, but the Tiny teeny DLC in the Mines of avarice, you actually do still get the wavering drunk effect from that. Now, what that does is that actually puts out a lot more pellets from the grog nozzle. Now, here's the fun thing: that carries over if you switch weapons really quickly. So, mm,
0: um, I had no idea about that.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I'll tell you one thing: I, I had the most, one of the most satisfying kills the other day and it was so great because um what i've been doing when i was farming uh uranus with my uh with my zero is i've been using like i said i've been using zero i generally go in i have the grog nozzle in my hand um just because i do whenever i do this what i do is i throw out his decoy i throw the kunai to go ahead and put death mark on him and to potentially put slag on him okay so he's already taken like extra damage from death mark and everything like that So what happened was I had the perfect setup. Like I threw the kunai at him right as I was done throwing the last kunai and it gave him death mark and everything is right when the grog nozzle started to do its drunk effect. Okay. So, so I switched over to the Sandhawk. So you're getting, so you're getting like the Sandhawk, like, uh, burst fire with the multiple pellets across it, but you're getting that like plus, You're, you're getting that line that goes across there of the bullets like five times in like kind of, kind of like a burst, kind of like a shotgun, almost kind of pattern.
0: Right. Right.
1: Okay. So I did that and I just happened like, like, I I think it was like three out of like the five or six things that I actually shot out of there also did bore. So he was. Yeah, so I did all that and I, I one-shotted Uranus by doing that. It no was just, way! Yeah, it was it was like it was like something that will never happen again and it was fantastic. So it was like, alright, go in here, decoy, throw the thing, oh, drunk effect, and then and then Sandhawk, and it was just like,
0: like <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden your PlayStation just like you could fry an egg on the top.
1: It did, yeah, like it, it slowed down for a little bit. Like it was it was like, you know. It was starting to it was starting to like loot, you know, drop frames like hardcore and everything. And all of a sudden he was just like, I knew I messed with it, too, because it like, you know, it, you know, he was destroyed and like his health bar went away and it got the experience. And then just like his legs just like started spinning and then just went, what dad just like <laughs> launched into the air. It was it was amazing. It was so entertaining and I, it will never happen again. So, nice. Well, that's yeah. a
0: fantastic story to end on. Uh Thank you for joining us for this episode of A Vault Hunter's Guide to the Borderlands. We'll see you again in two weeks. Uh, Good Mm. luck and good drops. Bye.